Hey, what's up? This is Louis Vega representing Masters at Work, New Eurekan Soul, Elements of Life, Vega Records, and the whole family. And you're listening to the Hicks Mix, 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 Mix. That's my man, Kevin Hicks. Yeah, do it, man.
set ended, they were all soaking. Rufus smelled his odor and the odor of the men around him. And, well, that's it, said the bass man. The crowd was yelling for more, but they did their theme song, and the lights came on. And he had played the last set of his last gig. When he stepped down from the stand, there was this girl, very plainly dressed, standing looking at him. What's on your mind, baby? He asked her. Everybody was busy all around them, preparing to make it to the party. It was spring, and the air was charged. What's on your mind? She countered. But it was clear that she simply had not known what else to say. She had said enough. She was from the South, and something leaped in Rufus. She was considerably older than he, over 30 probably, and her body was too thin. Just the same, it abruptly became the most exciting body he had gazed on in a long time. Honey child, he said, and gave her his crooked grin. Ain't you a long ways from home? I sure am, she said, and I ain't never going back there. He laughed, and she laughed. Well, Miss Ann, he said, if we both got the same thing on our mind, let's make it to that party. And he took her arm, deliberately allowing the back of his hand to touch one of her breasts. And he said, your name's not really Ann, is it? No, she said, it's Leona. Leona? And he smiled again. His smile could be very effective. That's a pretty name. What's yours? Me? I'm Rufus Scott. He wondered what she was doing in this joint. In Harlem, she wore very little lipstick and no other makeup at all. Come on, he said. We'll pile into a cab. Are you sure it's all right if I come? He sucked his teeth. If it wasn't all right, I wouldn't ask you. If I say it's all right, it's all right. Well, she said with a short laugh. All right, then. They moved with the crowd, which, with many interruptions, much talking and laughing and much erotic confusion, poured into the streets. It was three o'clock in the morning, and gala people all around them were glittering and whistling and using up all the taxi cabs. Others, considerably less gala, they were on the western edge of 125th Street, stood in knots along the street, switched or swaggered or dawdled by, with glances, sidelong or full face, which were more calculating than curious. The policeman strolled by, carefully. This made him uneasy, and his uneasiness made him angry. Leona spotted an empty cab and hailed it. The taxi driver, who was white, seemed to have no hesitation in stopping for them. Nor, once having stopped, did he seem to have any regrets. You going to work tomorrow? He asked Leona. Now that they were alone together, he felt a little shy. No, she said. Tomorrow's Sunday. That's right. He felt very pleased and free. He had planned to visit his family, but he thought of what a ball it would be to spend the day in bed with Leona. He glanced over at her, noting that, though she was tiny, she seemed very well put together. He wondered what she was thinking. He offered her a cigarette, putting his hand on hers briefly, and she refused it. You don't smoke? Sometimes, when I drink. Is that often? She laughed. No, I don't like to drink alone. Well, he said. You ain't gonna be drinking alone for a while. She said nothing, but she seemed, in the darkness, to tense and blush. She looked out of the window on her side. I'm glad I ain't gotta worry none about getting you home early tonight. You ain't got to worry about that no how. I'm a big girl. Honey, he said, you ain't no bigger than a minute. She sighed. Sometimes a minute can be a mighty powerful thing. He decided against asking what she meant by this. He said, giving her a significant look. That's true. But she did not seem to take his meaning. They were on Riverside Drive and nearing their destination. To the left of them, 
pale, unlovely lights emphasized the blackness of the Jersey Shore. He leaned back, leaning a little against Leona, watching the blackness and the lights roll by. Then the cab turned. He glimpsed briefly the distant bridge which glowed like something written in the sky. The cab slowed down, looking for the house number. A taxi ahead of them had just discharged a crowd of people and was disappearing down the block. Here we are, said Rufus. Looks like a real fine party, the taxi driver said, and waited. Rufus said nothing. He paid the man and they got out and walked into the lobby, which was large and hideous, with mirrors and chairs. The elevator had just started upward. They could hear the crowd. What were you doing in that club all by yourself, Leona? He asked. She looked at him, a little startled. Then, I don't know. I just wanted to see Harlem, and so I went up there tonight to look around. And I just happened to pass that club, and I heard the music, and I went in, and I stayed. I liked the music. She gave him a mocking look. Is that all right? He laughed and said nothing. She turned from him as they heard the sound of the closing elevator door reverberate down the shaft. Then they heard the drone of the cables as the elevator began to descend. She watched the closed doors as though her life depended on it. This your first time in New York? Yes, it was, she told him. But she had been dreaming about it all her life, half facing him again with a little smile. There was something halting in her manner, which she found very moving. She was like a wild animal who didn't know whether to come to the outstretched hand or to flee and kept making startled little rushes, first in one direction and then in the other. I was born here, he said, watching her. I know, she said. So it can't seem as wonderful to you as it does to me. He laughed again.
what's up? This is Louis Vega, and you're listening to the Hicks Mix. Do it, man. That's my man, Kevin Hicks. Yeah, do it, man. Do it, man. Do it, man. Do it, man.